Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey, and welcome back to the Tomahawk Take Podcaster World Series Preview Podcast for the Atlanta Braves. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and with me as always is Alan Happy to be here on the 24th of October and still playing baseball. Yeah, absolutely. And Fred with us as well. Happy World Series, everybody! Yeah, I can't wait. This is so exciting. The Braves punched their ticket on Saturday night. And just a really great game with some really key moments, which we'll get into. But we're going to put a lot of our focus in this podcast, previewing the World Series, because your Atlanta Braves are in the World Series. Should be a lot of fun. Can't wait for this matchup with the Houston Astros, but Alan, before we do dive into that, I can't help but look back. I just posted a article on TomahawkTake.com looking at the five biggest moments from the NLCS and just how big of a series it was to get over the Dodgers. You could just feel the weight being lifted off the shoulders of those Braves players as they put away this Dodgers team. I know all the media is talking about how banged up they were. I don't care. So were we. Dave Roberts was very humble in his press crime and said straight up, the Braves beat us. And that's what the Braves did. They beat the Dodgers. So, uh, Alan, just your overall thoughts on the series, that game six as well, just how exciting was that? I think that Brian Snicker outmanaged uh, Dave Roberts, and partly it was because Dave Roberts and his overlords in the front office made it too complicated made it themselves too complex, created situations that they didn't need to. They didn't simplify things for their players. And I think that the the Braves did simplify things and, and made it so that they set up their own players better for success. And, I mean, you could argue about whether that's a valid point or not, but you can't argue with the results because obviously the uh, – the, the Braves bullpen in particular stepped up in a huge way um, multiple times and really shut down a Dodgers attack that could have easily put six, eight, ten runs up on the board at any time they wanted to. The key moment I think that uh, I saw was, you know, when, when we did our last podcast, I was thinking the Braves needed a, a two-run homer here or a three-run homer there, that kind of thing. They ended up getting it, but the way they got it was – fascinating to me in that uh, Brian Snicker saw his chance and he didn't do this lightly I'm sure to take out Ian Anderson even though he was still relatively effective 
He took Ian Anderson out, put in Adrianza as a pinch hitter. And when you put in Adrianza, you're not going for the home run at that point. That's not his role. They were putting him in to extend the inning even further to try and get a bridge to Eddie Rosario and Freddie Freeman. It ended up being Rosario who had the big hit, but Adrianza had to have a hit before that in order to get to Rosario. And that was a gutsy move on Snickers' part to to make that kind of a move and great on the players for pulling it off. But uh, that that was certainly the key moment in Game 6. Yeah, and I'll say this. I mean, spoiler alert on my article, I put Matt getting out of that jam in the seventh as the biggest moment. In okay, that game, there was that the too. Series, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but uh, what was, I mean, but you're right. And that, that key moment, cause I was thinking, you know, don't take Anderson out. You're going to, you're going to waste a bench piece with a, a weak rally at best with a runner on first who doesn't run well and Travis Darno and two outs. I mean, because I mean, if that had been a faster runner on first, he may have scored on that double down in the corner and that would have been great. And props to Ron Washington for actually holding up a runner there. Um, but that was a bold move by Snicker for sure. One that I don't know that I would have made as a manager, which is why I'm not a manager. But, um, you know, everybody talks about the old school mentality of Snicker. You know, that had to be hard for him to take out his starter who did just give up a run. But, you know, certainly he wanted to get another inning or two out of him and not have to go into that bullpen so early. So, yeah, that was a huge move. But in that as well was the at bat by Eddie Rosario that I don't think enough gets talked about because, you know, Eddie was just so unbelievably hot in this series, but he fell behind in that at bat and then he fouled off some tough pitches and Bueller came back in with that cutter in a pitch that he had gotten Rosario to swing and miss on earlier in that at bat. And Rosario was ready for it this time, kept it fair, absolutely crushed it. So yeah, that at bat, you know, that whole sequence in general was just amazing, but the at bat, at bat by Rosario and, and all in total was just an incredible at bat by him and just tells you how locked in he was in this series. But Fred, your, your thoughts on the CS and that game six? Well, I, I want to sort of argue with you on that, on, on the, on the pinch hitting thing. If, if you remember when Cora made, made a move and, or, and said, I saw a path to a victory. I saw a path to the ninth inning. And I thought, that's what I'm going to do. I've got to take this right now. They're on the ropes. Let me go get them. And that's what Snitker did. He said, I see a pitcher that's not really at his best, who's been a little shaky. He's probably getting tired. I've got a man on base. And if I can get on base with Adrianza, then i got my guns coming up. And... He had to push the button to do that. I knew when he left that inning, when he got when he got the man on, I said he's going to pinch hit. I didn't know who he was going. To. I thought maybe we'd see uh, Solaire, but I I knew he was going to pinch hit because that was a clear shot to grab a run at the with the bottom of the lineup and turn it over. So I think I think that was well. I saw it coming. I don't know. Me and the dog know because that's the only one I told. But but that's that's what I thought happened there, and then. Uh, Bueller tired, uh, through that cutter and left it middle, middle. And you could see Eddie's eyes get big as saucers. He no, said, it wasn't I middle, got middle. This. Go back and watch it. That ball was painted on the inside corner. It was on no, the dot. It wasn't that far in. Wasn't that far yeah, in. Go back and watch it. It was dotted on the inside he corner. It was a great swing by Rosario. 
He did the the thing that impressed me about the swing was that he pulled his hands in, which kept the ball fair. Right. I thought for sure that thing was going to curl. Uh, Braves actually had a couple of homers that way. Riley had another one that was like, "Holy cow! How did he keep that fair?" And yeah, I was thinking the same thing that the ball was uh, inner half at best, and uh, he had to pull his hands in to, to to get the barrel on it, and somehow did. I didn't think it was that far in. I'll look at it later, but I didn't think it was that far in. In any case, it came in, and it was in his oh-my-God zone. He he saw that, his eyes lit up, and he went for it. I, I didn't know if it was going to make it out. I thought it was going to curl foul, but uh, he did. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is is uh, I, I'm not so sure Roberts could have done any more than he did. What? I, and this is not to say, oh, my God, poor Dodgers, they had all these injured players, but and Alan's right. The front office pushed him to this. We got to start. We're going to start Arias. We're going to use him in relief. We're going to start him. We're going to use him in relief. We're going to we're going to move this guy around. Oh look, the guy we paid for is hurt, and now we don't have anybody to fall back on. Uh, we didn't bring David Price with us. He hasn't pitched over an inning in a month. Uh, we we're he was to putting a band aid on a on a bleeding wound and sending it out there and hoping that he could get through six and then throw his bullpen at us in game seven because anyone who believes Scherzer was going to pitch game seven and having not been able to pitch game six, is is uh, that's a fantasy, okay? Because if he'd have been able to pitch seven, he'd have pitched six. He was there. He might have given him an inning. But I think Roberts was looking at a bench that was – or at a pitching staff that was barely on support. And I don't. I think that's why he left Bueller in as long as he did. That he didn't pinch hit against or bring left-hand pitcher to see Rosario. Uh, and then when Vesia walked three straight batters, and you go, uh, that's not the way that's supposed to go. <laughs> so I think I think that you know the front office caused a great deal of this by the way they set up the series. But I don't think Roberts could have done much more yesterday than he did to. To win because I think I think the the his pitchers were worn out because they just used them and used them and used them and used them and used them, and he didn't have the lineup to get past ours, uh, especially with Matzek out there throwing ninety six ninety seven at your ankles and you're swinging at it and I I don't know I I really it was all a blur when he came in everybody was striking out and grounding balls to the weekly to to Riley uh, but. Um, there were two big spots in it, the, Rosario, the Adrianza hit, followed by Rosario's homer, and, and Matzek coming in with two men on, and nobody out, and striking outside. That's, uh, and the first time that's ever been done uh, in postseason. First time. And then he turned around the next thing, struck out, struck out a guy the next thing, and uh, got a couple of was out of it. So those were the big things for me. Um, and Will Smith being better than Will Smith. Yeah, and and AJ Minter. I mean, he was absolutely lights out for two innings as well. You can't forget about him. I mean, and that's that path you're talking about, and that's a great point, Fred, because you know I think that's what Snicker was thinking. You know, if I pull out Ian Anderson here, we still run. You know, I can probably get two out of Minter, and then I got Matzik, Jackson, and Smith lined up. You know, for those last three innings, unfortunately, didn't work out for Luke Jackson, but Tyler Matzik to the rescue. I love the fact, and I think it had more to do with where the lineup was the reason that he did this, but he brought in Jackson to face the bottom of the lineup and didn't bring in Matzik there. You know, you bring in Matzik and burn him too early, and then, 
you know, Luke Jackson gets in trouble later. You really got nobody else to go to. He did that earlier in the series, which I think he's playing it on matchups, at least I hope he is, and, and letting Jackson try to get through the bottom of the order and saving the top for Matzik. But uh, really glad he didn't go with the reverse order there. Uh, but things worked out the way they did and set up Matzik for that great seventh inning and eighth inning as well. You all saw me in the group chat. I wanted him for the ninth, ninth inning as well. He was throwing the ball so great. I realize you're not going to do that with the pitcher spot coming up, but I would have loved for him the chance to close that thing out. But want to make sure his arm doesn't fall off, as Fred likes to say, uh, before we get to the World Series, which is where the Braves are going now. And that's where we'll return our attention as they will be facing the Houston Astros in the World Series. First time the Braves go to the World Series since 1999. So you know the team is pumped up. You know they're ready for this. Alan, my biggest... I don't want to say my biggest question or issue, but something that I'm definitely keeping an eye on is how hungry does this team remain? Because this was such an emotional series for them. Um, you know, I mean, they were leading the series and up, you know, pretty comfortably the entire series, but just the fact of who it was, and this is a team that's been keeping them from reaching their goals the past three or four years. So for me, that was, you know, an emotionally draining series for them to get over that hump just to get back to the World Series. You know, do they relax a little bit or do they, you know, keep their foot on the pedal? No, they still have the big goal in mind here. Are they just going to be happy to be here or are they going to continue to try to fight and win at all? I think they definitely will. But, you know, that's definitely something I will keep an eye on to see, you know, does this team buckle under the pressure a little bit, never being in this moment before? And, you know, the Astros have been there a lot here lately. So for me, Alan, I think that's definitely a key going into this series is, you know, how is the team going to respond after getting over the Dodgers and will they press a little bit more in a spot they haven't been in before? I hope that this team gets together and sort of gives itself its own reality check to make sure that they don't uh, take anything for granted. They don't uh, slack off. They don't uh, reduce the momentum or anything like this. I mean, let me just go back to game six very briefly here. Uh, they could have lost that and they could have lost it very easily. Obviously we, we were just talking about how heroic the bullpen was in keeping runs off the board from the Dodgers. The Braves themselves left 12 men on base. They could have blown that game wide open and they sh probably should have and didn't. Uh, they're going to need some of these extra runs to, uh, overcome the Houston offensive attack, I think. And if they don't, uh, buckle down and, and figure out how to get those two out hits when they need them or move runners over or get the sacrifice fly here and there or, or, you know, the, they're still good at taking the extra base. So I'm not worried about that, but <laughs> the, if they don't do those little extra things, I think that, uh, they could end up in some trouble here. I think they will do that. I think that uh, guys like uh, Freddie Freeman, Brian Snicker are going to get to these guys and say, hey, you know, we eyes still on the prize. We need to to get uh, get this job done here before we uh, uh, shut it down for the year. We've got to keep it going. So I, I do think that that's going to happen. But uh, they they do need to definitely take these guys seriously because the yes they dethroned dethroned the defending champs, but the work's not done yet. Yeah, and I like the point about those add on runs. You know that's been my key for this team. 
you know, that's what I said they would have to do to finish off the Dodgers. They didn't, and we're still able to win because of Tyler Matzik, the work that he did. But, yeah, you can't let those opportunities go to waste late in, late in games. I thought Ozzy not driving that runner in from third was going to come back to bite the Braves there in the eighth inning. Luckily, it didn't. But, yeah, they've had, they had several opportunities in a couple of these games to put it away. Even in the game they lost in game three, they had some opportunities late to add on some runs. you got to be able to do that in this World Series against this Astros team that can score. They can score a ton. So I think that's definitely a key going into the World Series. You know, if they can get a lead, can they add on to it? Can they continue to score runs throughout? Or are they just going to have these little outbursts, you know, here and there and then go cold like they did a lot in this series at times. But, Fred, what are some of your keys for this Atlanta Braves team going into the World Series? you got to hold Houston's lineup down. You have to pitch. This, Houston led the league in batting average, on-base percentage, weighted on-base percentage, and we're second in slugging and weighted runs created. This lineup is stacked top to bottom. The only time you find a weak spot is when Man, Machete's catching for him, Maldonado, and there, he's not back there to bat. He's back here to throw runners out at second base. If you watch Friday night, he threw a bullet to second base to cut down Verdugo. Uh, and by the way, that was only 81 mile an hour throw. Uh, so it was the pop time that, that got Verdugo this, the, the exchange. But you look around the Houston lineup and all you see is people who have been in the postseason and who can hit the uh their infield Alex Bregman I don't know what you want to say about Alex Bregman he's not nearly as tired as everybody else cuz they missed half the season uh he still had 151 straight in 336 OBA Carlos Correa is is nails this postseason he thinks it's his time contract year walk year um and he's tough Altuve is being Altuve again and then Yuri Guriel at first base, gee, well, you know, uh, he's there, 138 weighted runs created, 384 weighted, uh, 370 uh, weighted on base. This guy, this whole infield, the whole outfield, they, they traded away their center fielder to get a pitcher and, and called up Siri and, and gee whiz, these guys, they're, they're hitting. They brought up Chaz McCormick. Chaz McCormick's got a, uh, 447 slug and 257 average. They they stuck Miles Straw out there. Miles Straw isn't slugging, but he's on base at 355. Doesn't track out much. The whole team, top to bottom, all eight positions, nine with the DH. Pitchers are going to have to pitch, and they're not. They they can't leave anything in the cookie zone. It'll end up in the Crawford boxes or on top of the railroad tracks. These boys are all strong. The pitchers have to keep the big guns off the base. They have to keep the ball on the ground, and the defense has to pick them up because if you let something go through, um, you make a bad play in the outfield, that's a big outfield. I worry about Duvall out there. Uh, and the the outfield is shaped funny. It's got some strange bounces off that in that corner by the Crawford boxes. Uh, I'm glad Tal's Hill's gone <laughs> and the flagpole. But it's still a huge outfield. Uh, and Houston knows how to play that outfield. It's it's going to be tough for the defense, but the pitchers are the key to this. If we we've got three can do this, the question is is can they continue to do it deep enough into the games to get our get the horses from the bullpen in there 
against them because I think our lineup's going to score. I just, I just don't, I just don't know how we're going to hold Houston down because when they get running, it's a runaway train. Yeah, that's the key for me. I mean, yeah, I think the offense is going to have to be able to keep up with that Astros offense. They're going to score, like Fred said. You know, I don't, I may have missed it in there. I don't even think you mentioned the ALCS MVP and Jordan Alvarez, as well as Michael Brantley, who is just, you know, professional hitter, a, an upgraded version of Nick Marcakis, if you will. Uh, just a, a really great cog in that lineup. So, I mean, up and down, like you said, Fred, all of them know how to hit. They know how to take a walk as well. They will get on base and they don't strike out a lot. Um, something that, you know, is very rare in these days, but I think they were, had the second fewest strikeouts in the regular season. So they're going to put the ball in play and put a lot of pressure on the defense. Luckily, the Braves have a very good infield defense. Uh, we'll see what the situation is like in the outfield. Uh, though Adam Duvall, very solid in center field, had a big catch in that NLCS. So yeah, I think, I think that's definitely going to be a key. Can they, um, keep the Astros, uh, prevent them from those big two, three run homers, you know, try to limit them to the, the solo shots, not let them put up any big crooked numbers. But Alan, on the other side of that, the pitching staff for the Astros isn't necessarily great. Like Fred said, I think we'll be able to score against them. They're a little banged up as well. Lost Lance McCullers in this postseason. They're going to be leaning a lot on Framber Valdez and rookie Luis Garcia in the starting rotation. Then I really don't know where they go after that. They do have some pretty nice guys in the bullpen. Ryan Presley, uh, Presley Christian Javier uh, are really solid as well. But I think that's where the Braves are going to have to try to make up some ground in this, this postseason or in this series is to attack that Astros pitching. Yeah, I don't know that uh, they've got enough pitching to to carry them at all, and I think uh, Atlanta should be able to score uh, uh, quite a bit more than they've done against the National League pitching. In fact, uh, you know, compared to the the Brewers and the the Dodgers, uh, you could argue that the Astros got nothing without McCullers, really. Now that said, they did two hit the Red Sox in their last game. Uh, with Garcia leading the way, going into the sixth inning, giving up one hit, one walk, and seven strikeouts. So uh, that was great, although it lowered his ERA for the postseason to 9.64. So that that may have been a bit of an aberration, but still, the, he held out a, a good uh, offensive lineup in the Red Sox that, that night. Another a- aspect of this is going to be the defense. The Astros have arguably one of the best defenses in the majors. Uh, excellent defensive metrics plus, uh, the second or third fewest errors in baseball, uh, this season. The Braves were right behind them or actually right with them in terms of errors, but, uh, uh our defensive metrics aren't as good as the Astros, uh, I'd say. Now, that said, during the playoffs, the Astros have six errors in the field. The Braves only have one. I can't account for why the Astros uh, suddenly have uh, discovered the fumbles, but uh, maybe that's uh, things like different uh, shadows and for playing at oddball times. Who knows? But uh, uh, still, the Astros are, are going to be able to catch the ball and throw the ball very well. And we've seen that kind of thing in, in other series, too. The Dodgers are very good at that, so that – that that should be a comparable kind of a, a thing there. The um but yeah, my my key right now though is is you're right, the pitching. 
I don't know that uh, they can keep up with us. The question is whether we can hit enough to overcome uh, what they can do, like Fred suggests, because they're going to hit us some. I don't know that they have faced, the Astros have faced the kind of pitching in this postseason that the Braves can unleash. Supposedly the White Sox would have been on par or better, but uh, they got uh, their lunch handed to them by the Astros. So I, I'm just hoping that uh, we'll at least be able to provide a better look and, and better uh, matchups against them. Uh, they haven't seen our lefties. Uh, have, we haven't played the Astros since 2017, so it's going to be new to everybody. But uh, I, I think I like our chances against their pitching better than their chances against ours. Yeah, and – Speaking of pitching, I look at Charlie Morton, going to be the game one starter in the World Series, made two starts against the Astros in the postseason last year, pitched 10 and two-thirds scoreless innings against them. So some very good recent history for Charlie Morton uh, against the Astros. Didn't go more than five innings, uh, or he went five and two-thirds in one of those starts, but he was also pitching for the Rays, and they don't let their pitchers go more than uh, five-plus innings. So um We'll see. We'll see how Snicker plays that, but definitely, you know, a good sign there that Morton has had some success against his old team because you think they would be very familiar with him. Uh, even going back to the 2019 uh, postseason, he's really good as well. So uh, getting Charlie Morton, you know, going in game one, getting him, you know, two early starts in this series, I think is going to be huge. Another thing that's, uh, I don't want to say it's huge because, I mean, the Braves have to start out on the road. That's definitely a detriment. But at the same time, the Braves get to insert Jorge Soler in their lineup for those first two games at the DH spot. I think that is huge right now to get his bat back in there. Had a had a good hit in game six of that NLCS. Really good at bat from him. Uh, that gave me some hope that, you know, maybe he is back. Not that he ever really left. Just don't know how he's going to respond after being off for 10 days. So that was definitely a good sign. And then when they come to Atlanta, they lose a big piece in the DH. So I have to put Jordan Alvarez in the outfield to keep his bat in there, and that definitely hurts them defensively. So, Fred, I think that plays um, a bit into this as well, the DH factor, uh, the home road uh, splits as well. But uh, your thoughts on that, and do you think the Braves make any roster changes for this series? Well, I, I would not be surprised if they had a third catcher. That's just me. I haven't seen anything or heard anything about that. But I just... I, I just think they need to do it. I think they need to bring Mueller into the lineup, too, because left-handed pitching is going to be important. Uh, and I know we've got Matt second mentor. I just would prefer to have somebody else who throws hard. Uh, the lineup, I think, is fine. My problem is Dansby. It, Swanson might as well be a pitcher. You insert Solaire lineup, push Dansby to the ninth spot, and he might as well be the pitcher because, okay, he got a hit, but he hasn't been hitting. Defense is great, and everybody else, TDA is not going to hit. They're going to use uh, Jason Castro a lot uh, early in the game and go to Maldonado late. So they're going to have uh, hitters in every spot when, when they're carrying the DH, and we're not. We've got we've got to hold our lineup, and unless Dansby can get his flow out of his back pocket and start hitting, uh, that's going to be a problem for us. Houston's going to hit in every every spot. Now, when they come to Atlanta, okay, they they it depends on what how many games are, each team has 
split them or, you know, if they're up by two, then I suspect they'll go with their stronger defense, figuring the lineup can carry them because the lineup's strong. But I think we have to get a game on the road, and I think Dansby has to hit because on the road, uh, we're still a man short in the lineup with the way he's been going. Uh, I I didn't m- mention him. I mentioned Alvarez because the ALS MVP and just killing baseballs all over Texas, and I think everybody knows about him. Uh, I just I worry a little bit. If we don't have a lead after six innings, we're in trouble because you get to the back of their bullpen. If they get to the back of their bullpen with a lead, it's a fight. Uh, they've got they've got three guys throwing 30% strikeout rates at you, and you just have to get that lead early and hang on to it so that we don't have to face Presley and uh, Jimmy Garcia and their, their bullpen staff from behind because that is bad. That is bad news. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's, again, going to be the biggest key. We have to get after their stars. We have to get out after them in the early innings and then just continue to try and add a late in the game, uh, which has really, you know, been the recipe, you know, for the Braves in this postseason. Again, there are some games against the Dodgers they weren't able to add on, but, uh, I mean, you talk about Dansby struggling and it's true. You know, TDA hasn't given you much either. You know, Duvall hasn't given you a ton. But I also have to keep in mind, the Braves just faced two of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball. And I know the Dodgers were banged up. It was well documented by the TBS broadcast crew. But it was still, I mean, the guys they were running out there were some of the best pitchers in the game. You know, and Walker Bueller, Max Scherzer, Julio Arias, who had an amazing second half for the Dodgers, Blake Trinan, Kelly, uh, Kenley Jansen. I mean, those are really good pitchers. The Braves have been facing some really good pitching in this postseason. So I have to keep that in mind. I don't think the Astros pitching staff is going to be near on the level of either one of those, but race hitters also aren't very familiar with them. And sometimes it takes a little bit longer for the hitter to adjust to the pitcher, uh, in that regard when they haven't seen them a lot. So I think that's, you know, definitely true. I mean, of any team, you want to try to get an early lead and not have to make a comeback against the bullpens that you're seeing these days. Um, but, uh, Alan, I mean, you talked about it earlier. That was the key for the Braves. You know, really this whole postseason is how good the Braves bullpen has been. What we probably would have said was the biggest weakness coming into the postseason. And they have been lights out and knocking on wood as I say that. But, you know, Matzik, uh, Smith, Minter, um, Jackson before his last two outings have been really good and it's really created this formula for Snicker to say, you know, get me, get me five innings from my starter, give me five or six innings with a lead and I feel pretty good. Yeah. And I think that we're going to have to have a uh, little psychological session with Luke Jackson to get him back up on, on the beam because uh, he hasn't pitched badly. He really hasn't. Uh, but, He's had some bad results, so I don't want his psyche to be damaged by that. Uh, now, coming in again against Houston, um, there's a chance that uh, they could damage anybody's psyche and a couple of uh, batters. So uh, it, it's going to have to be sort of a mental reset, uh, number one, to to get these guys back up uh, to, and ready to pitch and and knowing that they've still got a challenge ahead of them and that they're good enough to make the, to meet the challenge. And second, if things uh, go badly, then uh, just say, okay, that's fine. Let's go to the next hitter and, and do better there. 
because it's a chance that they could get blown out if they uh, let themselves get intimidated by the setting. You know, Houston's a loud place, and they've got some loud bats. So uh, I think they're going to have to overcome that, and if they can, then they'll be just fine. But uh, it's still a tall order, tall order for anybody. I mean, this is not only the the top of the major leagues here. This is the last hurrah. It's the last go, and this is where everybody wants to be, but it's always always going to be a challenge when you get there. Alright, wrapping this discussion up, reviewing the World Series, Fred, give me um, your X Factor for the season, or for this series, rather, uh, for the Braves, if they're going to get it done. Well, I think, I think really there's, I think Ian Anderson has to be Ian Anderson and keep the ball down and force these guys into ground balls. I think the bullpen has to stay solid. The pitching has got to be the best thing, and, and Dansby has to hit. We can't have two people in the lineup who aren't hitting, uh, and I'm just so scared that the, the TDA is going to get hurt again. Uh, if if, he, if we lose him, the pitching staff gets in trouble. So pitching's got to stay solid. Nansby has to hit. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Starting pitching, especially being solid, getting pitching deep into these games and the bottom of the lineup getting going. Alan, any other thing, anything to add to that? Any other kind of X factors for you in this series? It's not so much an X factor as it is. I want to make sure everybody stays healthy uh, because so far that has – helped carry the day for the Braves, the fact that they've been able to count on guys uh, day by day by day. And if we lose a, a key pitcher or if uh, Travis Darno really can't go, then uh, suddenly uh, we'll be scrambling a little bit. So uh, Fred mentioned the idea of carrying a third catcher, uh, which would be Jay Langoliers, I, I, I guess we're, we're all assuming. And if that happens – then I think we're, we're acknowledging that Darno is close to being out uh, of commission. Uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. He had a couple of days to to rest before this last game. He's got a couple more to rest before the World Series starts. We'll see if things improve a little bit. It can't improve much if if he's really got a chronic problem with that thumb still. Then uh, I, I think it's going to be an issue. But uh, we'll we'll see what they. Uh, announced in terms of the rosters and, and see how things go from there. But uh, we got to keep everybody healthy and on the field and productive. Yep, definitely agree with that. Fred, what is your – you don't have to give me a prediction if you don't want to, but how do you see this series playing out? Well, I think it's going to be like the last series. We're going to go six six games at least. And the problem is, of course, the last two games are going to be in Houston, not Truist Park. I think that if we get – if we get to Game 7, I think we could win it because I think our pitching long-term is better than them. Um, but I don't know that we're going to do that. I, I I think maybe Houston and 6 is what's going to happen. Uh, and it would be an awful disappointment to me if it if – it, it won't be a disappointment to me if it, happen, if it doesn't happen. The Braves win it in 5. A.A., hooray, I'm happy. I want the Braves to win. But I, I'm looking at this team and looking at what we've got to overcome, and I'm just thinking that, you know, there comes a point when the guys with the more thump are going to win because they've been thumping seven, eight, nine, ten runs a game, and I don't think we're going to slow them down a whole lot on that. We have to do our own. So I think six games and probably Houston. All right, Alan, what do you think? 
I'm already on record as uh, going f- for the Braves. Now, I'm going to also suggest that uh, regardless what happens, this is an uncategorical success uh, for the Braves that they've gotten this far, that they've uh, uh, built on last year's successes and exceeded the uh, performance of last year's team, even despite all the adversity. That said, I do think that games one and two will serve as a wake-up call to the Astros when they see the kind of pitching that we're going to throw at them. And they're they're going to – I'm hoping that we'll be able to steal one or both of those games in Houston to start with. And if that if that comes to pass, I think the Braves can take this in five or six games. Okay. All right. So I guess I am the deciding vote here on this, but <laughs> – I do think I do think the first two games are key because I feel like the Braves will win at least two of three at home, playing really well right now at Truist Park. So if the Braves can steal one in Houston, then I think this thing goes at least six, and I think the Braves go back to Houston with a 3-2 lead in this series. But I'm going to have to go with the Astros as well. I guess in that scenario, I'm going with the Astros in seven. I, again, kind of what you talked about, Alan, and what I talked about the – at the beginning, you know, is this Braves team just going to be satisfied with the fact that they've gotten here, that they finally reached this? And do they, you know, I talked about that weight being lifted off their shoulder. That can go one way or the other. You know, it can, it can, you know, allow them to be relaxed and just play a good brand of baseball, which is I, which is what I hope happens. Where it's the, you know, they give them, you know, we made it. We weren't supposed to be here and we did it. We've already done more than we were supposed to. You know, and the Astros have been here. They've done that. They're the more experienced team in this situation. And the Astros are playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, too, because everybody's, you know, still saying they didn't deserve that 2017 championship. So they're out trying to prove that this team is championship worthy, that they can win it. So they're playing with a little bit of an edge. Again, they've been here. They have some guys in Correa and Bregman that are going to bring the energy. And Astros having that home field advantage, I think, is going to be key. So I think the Astros win it in seven games, but definitely, like Fred said, would be happy if the Braves swept or, or win this thing in five or six games. Uh, I think that would you know, definitely uh, be great for the city of Atlanta. I think uh, it can definitely happen. I'm not saying it can't, um, but I think those first two games in Houston will be key. If the Braves can split one of those, I think they win two of three in Atlanta, and then they go back to Houston with a chance to win. Um, but I just think the experience of the Astros wins out in this series, and they get it done. All right, that will do it for this episode of the Tomahawk Take podcast. Make sure that you check out the website, tomahawktake.com, where we will be previewing this World Series and covering it all throughout. So make sure that you do follow it, there, follow us there and follow us on Twitter at TomahawkTakeFS. But like I said, that will do it for this episode, and we will talk to you next time. This has been our Quick Turnaround World Series Preview Edition of the Tomahawk Take Podcast, which is a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of their participants. Hey, it's, it's okay if Jake and Fred are wrong. I was for the NLCS. While Minute Media allows us to sign all the talent we can use, some of us are just going to be left off the roster. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Bad Ideas, the clean version. His works are featured at 
incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other musical selections used come via rights purchased by TomahawkDick.com, and the audio at the front was tweeted out by the Atlanta Braves. It was Eddie Rosario's Game 6 home run. Thanks for tuning into the podcast today, and we'll see you at the World Series. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.